Thursday today, let's go a little bit into the parasha and understand a little bit the Heilige Parasha and the message that the Ravani Shalom is telling us and speaking to us on this parasha. Reminds me of what I said by the Heilige Balatanya Zutza. We made a Gemodik of Abrenga and I enjoyed it very much. Very, 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 uh, very warm, very gishmak. And I mentioned, the Heilige Balatanya once said that every parasha in the Torah wasn't just said then for that generation and, and telling the story of what happened, but rather is a message for every single one of us in our lives in whatever we're going through. And often, you know, in the tzaddikim, that people would go with their issues, their problems, their situations, their challenges, and say, what's going on? And the, the tzaddik would open up the parish and say, look, in this week's parish I find an answer. In this week's parish I find an answer. So... I don't think I can do that, but I can try and find a message from this week's parasha, which I believe does pertain to many of us at many times in our lives. And I want to speak this over. And it's also a shtickle that I learned with Aaron Dov as well. So I enjoyed it very, very much. And I said that I want to say it over with the Oilem as well. So that's going to be Gavaldic. So let's start like this. We know this week's parasha, we've got many of the Gavaldic Amakas, the plagues Moshe Rabbeinu brought down to Mitzrayim. To try and persuade Parah, even though his heart, uh, his heart was hardened, v'chulei. But there is a specific idea, which is a very simple idea. And often it's the simple ideas in the parasha that are the most meaningful, and that could talk to us in a very real, real way. The Pasuk says, in Perik Zayim Pasuk Chof, Vayasu came Moshe v'Aaron. Moshe v'Aaron did, Kashet Siva Hashem, that which was commanded, instructed to them by the Rabbi Yishalaylam. Yorim b'mata, Picked up the stick, Yachas has hit the water, Shabia that was over there, any power in front of power, any Abodov, the Abuchamayim, a Shabiyadab. And as we know, everything turned to dam. That by the way is the Sugyub of Nehatsmoy, the very fact that Moshe Rabbeinu himself didn't do it, but it had to gone through Aaron. That was the idea of a Korasatoiv, even though the Nile is a not a human being, has no feelings, but Hakorasatoiv, as we've mentioned many times here before. Is for ourselves. Hakoras Hatoiv is not for Yenem, it's not for somebody else, it's for us to express our Hakoras Hatoiv, and that's our obligation, right? For example, you can give someone something and they'll say, no, don't buy me anything, I don't want anything, right? I've had that many times with people that have helped that yeshiva, we'll buy them something, we'll give them something, right? And they'll say, why are you buying something for me? Why are you giving something for me, right? And I'll say, listen here, the Hakoras Hatoiv is my obligation. Whether or not you deserve it, whether you want it, whether you'll use it, it's irrelevant. I need to have and express my Hakkara Satoi for what you've done. Okay? And that's the Hakkara Satoi that Moshe Rebbe had to show himself. The fact that he got saved by the water. But that's the Sugya. And then the Torah continues. This I want to pursue. They did the same thing as well. So as we know, Paris' heart was hardened. Specifically for the reason, as the Rishonim already tell us, is because the Rabbi Nishonim wanted to perform the Gavaldiganism that he did in Mitzrayim in order to show, like the Ramban says at the end of Parashas Boy, to show the godless of the Rabbi Nishonim and make a tremendous Kiddush Hashem and show who's running the world. And then it says like this, Very interesting. It's like a day of work, you come home, Paro came home, you know, imagine his wife says to him, my dear Paro, how was your day today? How was it in the palace? What happened today? Cool day? Anything interesting happened? Yeah, a couple of Jews in there. 
you know, a couple of guys with the big beards walked in, sticks, make things to blood and stuff. Yeah, a normal day, you know, all in a day's work. He didn't even process it. And that's what Torah says. He didn't even pay attention even to this. I think the Torah is telling us a very important lesson for so many things. That specifically over here, why did Parai not get any impression? Why is it that nothing got changed in his mind, in his heart? That means he never stopped to think for a moment, hold on a minute, how did they do that? There's no way they did that on their own. There must be a higher force. There must be a Rabbanish Shalailam. But he didn't. He didn't think about it. He never thought about the Takras of the Makas. He never thought about the repercussions that it was having on him, on his nation, on his land, one of the most powerful nations in the world. And what did God want from him? He never thought about it. And there is a very, very important message in Avodah Hashem over here, which I think is important. The Ramchal in Mesut Hashem, and in a minute we'll read another shtick in Mesut Hashem. But the Ramchal in his beginning of Mesut Hashem says that what he's about to write in Mesut Hashem can only be really taken for reality and changed and improved and improvised and everything in a person's life if he thinks about it. And if he reads it again and again and again, and by the way, when people come over and like, oh, I finished Masala Sisharim, I finished Orchah Sadiqim, you heard those guys? What does that mean? Muslims are not there just to read and finish. Muslims are to be able to implement in our lives. Because the only way we can actually affect change in our lives is by stopping and thinking. Abacha, recently I was sitting with him, and we were talking about one Nakuda. We were talking about the idea of changing. The idea of changing a person's self. I don't know what to change. I don't know if I have anything to change. And he wasn't saying it's perfect, but like, I, so I told him, do me a favor, go for a walk. Go for a walk with yourself. Not with anybody else. Not with your earpods. Just you and yourself. And just go for a walk and start to think. Think about your life. Think about where it could be heading to. Think about where you want it to get to. Think about all the things in your life. The fact that you're in yeshiva, the fact that you want to change yourself, the fact that you want to come out a different person. You need to think. He thought I was, well, I'm going to talk to myself. Like, you don't talk to yourself. Think. And there's a very, very important message over here. The whole reason that Pari never changed, never recognized what was going on is because, as the Torah says, he never thought about it. And that is something amazing. I want to mention to you, a paragraph in the first chapter, first paragraph of Mesilis Hashem. I learned this together with Aaron Dov. Beautiful idea. And the truth is, I've learned Mesilis Hashem a number of times, and I don't think I ever came up with this idea, which is a very simple idea. But I think it's an idea that we were just thinking together, how can we apply this, how can we make this the myself, which is so important, by the way. When you learn anything, whether it's Gemara, whether it's Halacha, whether it's Musa, Ashkaf, or Chumash, think about it. Stop and think. What does this mean to me? How can I apply this in my life? So we learn the parak like this. The paragraph says, Vihine, right at the beginning of Parakalif. The purpose why the person was created in the world, why the Rabbi Nishan put us into this world, was to have a delight in the Rabbi Nishan. And to benefit from the ziv of the Shechina, the divine presence. 
That is the real tainu, the true tainu. It's the greatest pleasure that a person can ever experience. But the only place that a person can really experience this incredible delight and incredible pleasure is in the next world, not in this world. And therefore, you're created in this world with a design to get to the next world and accomplish that goal. Now, and as he says, the way to get there is this world. So I was discussing it, we were learning it together with Arendov. And we were thinking, what does that mean? So really we're here for the next world. But we're placed in this world in order to get to the next world. So I came up with a simple idea, which I think is so simple, so easy, and I'm sure every single one of you have thought about this and know this. But like Mr. Shalom says in Agdama, he's not saying any chidushim, he's saying things you know anyway, but you need to hear them again. And we came up with this idea. Arendov, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I'm saying it correct. If it's true that the Rabbi Shalom created us in this world to be able to do mitzvah, to do all the things that we're meant to be doing, so that we get to the next world of the greatest, highest pleasure and delight of being together with the Shekhinah and enjoying the Ziva Shekhinah. So that means that the Rabbi Shalom has created us with the parents that we need, with the type of home that we need, with the environment and location that we grew up in, with the school that we went to, with the rebellion that we had, with the siblings that we had, with the friends that we have, with the health situation that we have, with the money that we have, with everything that's in our entire lives, from the moment we were born until the moment of today and beyond, we were created specifically with that in mind. Meaning if there are, I gave an example, I think this is a good example. Imagine you want to open up a business and you want to create cars. You'd like to make cars. You have a new idea. Wow, it's going to be gavaldic. This car is going to sell. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to make cars. Okay, what are we going to do? So I purchase a huge plot of land and I build a massive factory on this land. Huge factory. Big place, plenty of land. We can make cars there. Gavaldic. I put into this factory, okay, I put into this factory water fountains. And then I hire workers. And then I say, all right, guys, off you go. Go make cars. Still all excited. They got themselves a job. They know a little bit how to do things. They walk into the factory. Huh? There's water fountains over here. What do you want us to do? I don't know. Just make cars. That would be ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. If you want to make cars, you need to buy metal and you need to buy machinery and you need to buy all sorts of things to be able to make cars. How do you want your workers to make cars if they don't have the necessities and they don't have the materials to be able to do that? Ah! So it hit me. If the Rabbi Shalaylam put us into the world for what the Messiah Yishorim says with the end goal of getting close to Hashem and getting Olim Abol, which is for eternity, and we're only in this world for 120 years, then it means... He put us in the world with the tools that we need to get there. So how many people have ever thought, or maybe even dared to say, you know something, if I would have been born in a different household, with different parents, with different rebellion, with different Parnassian situation, with different health situation, with different everything, oh, you know how good I would be? Then, Rabbi Bissinus, to show him, I would get to Olam No, 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 no. That's the problem. That's the problem. 
The problem is that we never stop to think this idea that we are here on this world with exactly what we need to get to our goal. And the goal is only my boss. And the goal is to get closer to Rabbi Nishnayim. So whichever way we were created with the personality that we have, with our strengths, with our weaknesses, sorry, I don't want to break it to you, but yes, you have weaknesses. With everything you were created with, for, is for the purpose that you need, that God says, I know what you need, and I know how you're going to get there. This is how you're going to get there. By having what you need, with the parents, with the rebbeim, with the pranosa, with the house, with the siblings, with the rebbeim, with the teachers, with everything that you have, is exactly what you need to get to your goal. And it's something we have to think about. And it's something we have to recognize. Because at the end of the day, we have to realize we're here for a purpose. And we have to realize that we have to stop sometimes and think about that. Because that was Paris' mistake. You know, Rebrevda, I heard this from Rebrevda, used to give a shroom in Yeshiva. And when I was a bocha, Rebrevda, Zatzal, unbelievable yid, um, his grandson in the Yeshiva also. So he came to speak and he mentioned a story. The story was, when he was a bocha, he was only an older man, but when he was a bocha, he had to go visit someone. He said over the story, he went to go visit someone. And for whatever reason it was, it was a very dark place. There were no, like, street lamps. The moon wasn't, like, it was a very dark place. Middle of the night, no one around. And he said, he tried to remember, like, the barrack, like, the, where the staircase was. And there was no light. It was pitch. It was complete darkness. So he, he held onto the wall. And he thought he was about to go straight. And there was a staircase right in front of him. And he didn't realize it. Now... As he took a step forward, which would have been to empty space, and he would have tripped and gone tumbling down, and who knows if anyone would have found him, seen him, realized whatever. For some reason, his, his, his foot tripped on something, and he stopped himself, and that stop caused him not to fall down the stairs, and who knows what would have happened. He claimed he would have died from it. It was a very steep staircase. He, he would have tumbled down, and that would have been the end. Afterwards, he said to himself, that's it. He was a bach at the time. Avedis Hashem, that's it. It's a sign from God. I'm going to do something. I'm going to change myself. I'm going to be a different person. And he said about a week later, he was the same person he was before. He came to the Chazanish. And he said, Rabbi, I don't understand. I just experienced an amazing thing. I, I cannot saw the Rabbi from Ziyad Hashem. You would have thought that I would have changed myself completely. But yeah, I didn't. I'm the same person I was before. And the Chazanish said, you should know. Just like the strength that you had to make that commitment after seeing it, the Yitzhah goes just as, as as powerful to try and get in the other direction and say, nah, it's fine, go back to normal, everything's okay. And that's the problem. Often we see things, and we do see them, if we look out for them, that should change us, that should make us into different people and better people. But we have to learn to implement something immediately. Because otherwise we're just like Paris. This, by the way, to me is a famous Misa. So if you know it, too bad. And if you don't know it, Gewaldic. It's a Gewaldic Amaisel. There was a Yid who unfortunately was not religious. A Bacha, he's not religious. Doing his thing, traveling the world, wanting to see everything he could, enjoying his life, enjoying everything about what he could do. His brother, Haredi, religious Jew, says to him, where are you going next? Are you traveling here? You're traveling there? You're going all over the world. Where are you going next? So I'm going to Israel. Going to Israel? Yeah. <laughs> this is brother, calm down. Calm down. I'm not going for religious reasons. I heard Elat is gorgeous. 
And I heard that the Dead Sea is amazing. And I heard, you know, there's lots of places over there that I want to go visit, that I want to see. I am not going for religious reasons. His brother says, would you do me one favor? Do me one favor. Uh, what do you want from me? There's a yeshiva called Eishat Torah. Do me a favor. Go there and listen to one lecture. One, that's all. I will never ask you to do anything again. Never. Never. Brother says, get out of here. I'm not religious stuff. I'm not, that's not what I'm going to Israel for. I'm going to chill. Get have fun. Take pictures. Eat falafel. That's going to Israel, right? It's going to be Gavaldi. His brother says, he drives him crazy every day. Every day he says to him, please, 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 one lecture. I will never ask you a favor again. You'll never have to do anything for me again. He says, you know something? If it's going to make you feel good, and if it's going to get you off my back, that you will never ask me anything again, I will go to one lecture in Eishat Torah. No problem. Fine, his brother is so excited. This is it. Turning point. Religious. He's going to come out. It's going to be amazing. So he goes to Israel. On the last day of his tour, they told him to go to the Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall, apparently, the people are there. You pray, there's a wall, whatever. Okay, he doesn't know too much about things. He didn't grow up so religious. Anyway, he says, okay, we'll go there the last day of the trip. And he's there, and he remembers, oh no, I told my brother, and I promised him that I would go to one place and listen to one lecture. I'm going to do it. He goes, oh, so where's Eishat They're like, oh, you're very lucky. It's right here, up the steps. You can't believe it. He wasn't going to travel there. But he's only there. All right, I'll go. I promised him, I'll do it. Oh, I'm a man of my word. He goes in, says, I need, I need a class. I need a lecture. What, what, what's going on right now? Oh, there's a Gemara class starting right now. He says, okay, fine, no problem. Goes inside. The most boring class ever. They're learning Baba Metziah. They're learning any Metzias. They're talking about returning our objects. He's like, seriously? This is what my brother wanted me to hear? This is ridiculous. But you know what? A word's a word. It's a 45 minute lecture. 45 minute share. He sat there. He sat there. It was over. Rabbi, great lecture. And left as quickly as he possibly could before they would get him. He called up his brother. He said, I did it. His brother says, yeah. He was waiting for like, he was waiting for the words. And I decided I'm staying in Yeshiva forever. And I'm just, he said it was the most boring class in the world. So what was it about? Returning lost objects, Gemara, Baba Metziah or something. His brother was so upset. The one class you had to go to in Asia Torah was that. Come on. He couldn't believe it. But that was it. His brother promised him. He kept his words. He proud to keep his word that he wasn't going to say anything else. And that was the end of the story. This boy had a next destination. His next destination was India. That was his next place that he wanted to go check out. Whatever. Going to India. Beautiful. Goes to India. And he's walking around with one of the priests, gurus, whatever it is. He's walking around with them. They're schmoozing about his religion. You know how it works in India. And telling him the Gavaldiga Milers of their religion. And as they're walking, he's walking with this high priest, you know, a big rabbi over there. The priest sees a wallet on the floor. And he picks it up. And he opens up the wallet. Now, in this wallet is wads of cash. But not only wads of cash. There's a driving license. There's credit cards. There's all sorts of things. The priest smiles, puts it in his pocket. The guy says to him, are you planning on giving that back? Are you... Could have returned that? Because, you know, there's a credit card and with a name on it and there's a driving license with a picture and I'm sure you could... Huh? Finders. 
keepers, losers, weepers. Come on, it's mine. I got it. It's a sign from God that it was meant to be for me. He couldn't believe it. He says, but, but someone's going to be really upset. There's a lot of money in there. It belongs to someone. And you can find out who it belongs to. Please says, get out of here. I found it. God sent it to me. This guy said, I can't be in such a religion. Because I remember a few months ago, I was in Israel. And I went to a class about the idea of returning that which does not belong to you. And they must be real. These people must be the authentic ones if they care about somebody else's property. And he decided, I'm coming back to Israel to hear more about this religion. He came back. And here I am. No. And and the Misa, he turned his life around. And when he turned his life around, it all came from there. Rabbi Sai. Rabbi Sai. Rabbi Sai. That's right. From India to Rosh Hashiva. The Rabbi Sai. The idea is, Parai in this week's parasha is teaching us that in life, we have to stop and think. We have to realize everything we have in our lives are tools and ways of getting to our final goal, which is of course to Olim which is of course to this Anigal Hashem, to get closer to the Rabbi Nishalaylam. Have the realization that everything we have in our lives, everything the Rabbi Nishalaylam created us with, was in order to get to that goal. And a person should never think, if I could, if I should, if I would, live the life that you have to live. Be the best you could be. Take advantage of everything the Rabbi Hashem has given you. And Be'ezah Hashem, the Rabbi Hashem will give us the Yat to accomplish the goal that we were sent on this world to accomplish.